Goodbye, Iowa. Hello, Kentucky. C.J. Frederick enters the transfer portal with eyes on the big blue. We'll talk about it after this. Are you a Hawkeye fan living in Story County? Do you feel isolated, like you're alone in a maze of red? Well, you're not the only one. And that's why we here at StoryCounty.News have launched a brand new section of our website, From the Hawkeye of the Storm, which will feature our weekly podcast, Brada's Branded Thoughts, as well as other Hawkeye-related content for all you Story County residents who bleed black and gold, or if you live in western Iowa, eastern Iowa, or somewhere else other than Ames, and you're a Hawkeye fan, we'd love your support. All of our content is free, so again, give our Facebook page a follow, give it a like, and give our Twitter page a follow as well, at From the Hawkeye, at From the Hawkeye on Twitter. The more likes, the more follows, the more support we get, the more content we can continue to push out, and it's all free. It's From the Hawkeye of the Storm, hosted by StoryCounty.News, for the best Hawkeye content in the area. Week 160 of Brada's Branded Thoughts and From the Hawkeye of the Storm, and a, a weird day to come on the pod. Of course, um, I think uh, our, some of our listeners may have been expecting a weekend release. We've been releasing our podcasts over the weekend, but we started hearing some rumblings over the weekend about a possible uh, news item that certainly could not be overlooked. And uh, as those rumors began to sort of snowball on Sunday, uh, kind of figured out that uh, it was probably a wise thing to wait on this podcast until, uh, f- well, today, Monday. So we are recording this on Monday, the 19th of April, uh, following the announcement from C.J. Frederick that he will be moving on from the University of Iowa, entering his name in the transfer portal. Um, the University of Iowa did confirm this announcement by way of social media. In a one-sentence statement from Fran McCaffrey and the university, uh, and I'm not going to quote it um, word for word, but basically what the statement was saying was uh, C.J. Frederick has uh, decided, he has informed the coaching staff that he will be entering his name in the transfer portal. That was it. Now, how did we get here? Um, A lot of people seem like they're sort of in shock on this Monday as... uh, Sort of the worst fears from the weekend that was have now become a reality. Um, I think it comes down to uh, this is the day and age that we live in. This is college basketball, folks. Um, And as much as I don't like it, it was clear in Fran McCaffrey's transfer portal discussion last week with the media um, that he doesn't like where college basketball has uh, sort of segued uh, in a way, I guess, over, over the course of years. And certainly with the one-time transfer, um, basically a waiver, a blanket waiver for every college athlete this year with COVID, um, you can go wherever you want, and there really are no ramifications. Um, You don't have to sit out a year. And, you know, Fran made a very good point during his press conference with us this past week that, uh, you know, there probably wasn't really anything wrong with the, the previous rule of okay, you want to transfer, you're going to set out a year. You didn't lose a year of eligibility if you did that. Um, you basically saved that year for development, just like you would with a red shirt, and um, you stay on track. But here's the deal. We live in a world of instant gratification, and we knew this time was coming, 
but it has become a free agent market. Now, that's what college basketball and the, tr- the uh, transfer portal is. College football is very much similar. However, what we've seen with college football is there are so many more players that I don't think uh, the increase in, in transfers necessarily stood out as much, if that makes sense. With college basketball, we are seeing such a... First of all, there's more Division One teams in college basketball. And, uh, you know, we're seeing so many more guys on a yearly basis now decide to leave their school for so many different reasons. I mean, I think the transfer portal, and Fran McCaffrey is a uh, transfer himself. Um, he, you know, transferred to Penn. Uh, that was a reminder from Tom Cakert on his uh, podcast this morning. He made a point that, yeah, uh, Fran McCaffrey himself as a player was a transfer when he went from Wake Forest to Penn in his playing days. But the problem is you have the transfers that leave the right reasons. I think Jack Nungy is a perfect example of that. Here's a kid who we know his struggles, losing his dad, tearing two knees. Um, obviously, COVID has put a strain on everyone, and so he decides to be closer to home. We get that. Um, the issue becomes when you are blindsided as a coaching staff, which all indications at this point are that Iowa was blindsided. Um, we don't have any information, uh, insider information on, on Fran's reaction to that. Again, I'm going to quote Tom Kakert, he's one of my favorite Iowa beat guys, um, and he's been on the beat for many, many years and, and certainly knows what he's doing, um, and he would not put something out there unless it was true. He basically stated that Fran McCaffrey would had been blindsided by this announcement on Sunday, um, and that kind of fits in line with what we heard from Fran last week. There was no indication from Fran McCaffrey that he thought C.J. Frederick was leaving the Iowa program. So given the fact that uh, here we are on Monday, and he is gone, essentially. Um, it, it makes a lot of people wonder what happened. Do I think something happened that uh, is an indication of a bigger problem within the Iowa basketball program? I don't. Um, again, I think it comes back to these are the days that we live in. Remember, Illinois lost Adam Miller. The difference between a team like Illinois and Iowa, and I think you could compare Adam Miller and C.J. Frederick very close here, although Frederick, you have to admit, is more proven, although Adam Miller was a higher recruit um, in his high school days. But when you look at the difference at this point, Illinois has went out and gotten guys like Omar Payne from Florida. You know, they've gotten transfers. They've already got commitments. Iowa right now is sitting with a, a number of scholarship players, but you're losing Luca Garza. You've lost Jack Nungy. He committed to Xavier. You're losing C.J. Frederick, who, by the way, um, the rumors out there that are circulating is that he's heading to Kentucky. You cannot, by rule, by NCAA rule, contact a player as a coaching staff or university unless that player is in the transfer portal. Now, we all know that Coach Cal and the Kentucky Wildcats know how the NCAA system works. Um, not saying there wasn't tampering going on, not saying there wasn't infractions, um, but let's remember that CJ's uncle, who actually played under Fran at Notre Dame, um, he was sort of, I don't want to call him CJ's agent, because I know these kids don't really have agents, but his representative, and you and I both know that if Fran, or, or excuse me, Cal, if Coach Cal wanted to reach out to CJ through Joe Frederick, you probably do that, and it's sort of a, a, a game of 
phone tag or a game of uh, telephone, if you will. I'm not saying that's ethically right or morally right, and I don't know the ins and outs of the transfer laws or the tampering laws, so to speak, as it relates to NCAA conduct. Um, but there's no reason there's there's no reason to uh, get up in arms about it. it. It's happening. He's in the portal. Whether he goes to Kentucky is still yet to seen. He yet to be seen. He he's, has not already committed to Kentucky, but those rumors are out there. And look, I get it. Kentucky's a blue blood. Let's remember that he did grow up. Uh, C.J. Frederick did grow up um, on the border of Ohio and Kentucky. Went to Covington Catholic. Was the Kentucky Player of the Year. Never got any attention from the Wildcats. He was a three-star recruit. And I'll be honest. I understand that the rumors have been out there for several months. I mean, people were hearing these things through probably February of the season, which seems very odd when you have a top five team um, that's in contention for the Big Ten and for maybe even a a number one or number two seed in the tournament. Um, But I never thought this would happen with C.J. because of the fact that that Joe Frederick had such a strong connection to Fran. C.J. Frederick was willing to... If you recall his freshman year, he was willing to sit out or not actually sit out, but and he did sit out with a red shirt, but he was actually willing to be a walk-on for a year. He was willing to pay his own way to be on this team. That's the level of commitment C.J. Frederick had towards um, this coaching staff. Um, again, the family ties to Fran McCaffrey. You know, this team is filled with a lot of ties um, and and that's look that that's a great thing. I think that means that you're going to stay close knit, and that's why it's surprising when something like this happens. You think about Connor and Patrick, sons of the coach. I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing. A lot of people want to throw that under the bus and say that's bad for team chemistry. Whatever. I don't agree with that. But you've got two sons on the team. You've got C.J. Frederick, whose uncle played under Fran. You've got you had Jack Nungy, uh, whose family lived basically next door to the McCaffreys when. Uh, Jack's dad was a, a doctor at uh, the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics. Um, and then you have Aaron Ulis, whose brother, Tyler, um, nearly went to Iowa. And, oh wait, Coach Cal st- stole him as well. So Aaron Ulis is very familiar with Coach Cal. I'd be anxious to hear from him uh, on his thoughts, and we'll probably never get those thoughts. But uh, this is just a, a really weird situation, and um, I, I hate even to bring this up, but this is the day and age we live in. Everybody talking about overnight, everybody talking about how the Iowa players um, were unfollowing C.J. Frederick on Twitter, on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. I mean, look, it, I, I, I don't know why I have to, to bring this up. It seems sort of juvenile to even be talking about who's following who on Twitter. Um, but th- again, this is 2021 we're talking about. And the reality is, if that is indeed true, which I can confirm it is, uh, that is obviously a sign that uh, there these parting this parting, if you will, is not on good terms. Um, the statement from the University of Iowa and Fran McCaffrey, a direct indication that this is not a decision that first of all Fran expected, um, and I'm sure he's not happy with. On the other hand, C.J. Frederick has the right to do what he wants to do. I, I think there is something to be said for loyalty. I think there is something to be be said for uh, character as it relates to college basketball. Does C.J. Frederick expect to be able to go to Kentucky and then make it the NBA? You know, I, I know uh, people have compared him to Tyler Hero. I don't know about that. I mean, Tyler Hero has really developed um, 
not even while he was at Kentucky, but with the Miami Heat. So I don't know if you can make that comparison. And C.J. Frederick is undersized. I don't know how tall Harrow is, but um, for C.J. Frederick to make this move is just surprising. Again, given the connections and given the situation, too, with uh, we expect Joe Wieskamp to potentially leave Iowa. I mean, that has not been confirmed. He is testing the draft process right now, and a lot of people expect him to go play pro ball. And, and I'll just say this. If you're a fan, you should have no cause for complaint against Joey Scamp if he does that. If he just says, I want to go play in the G League, if he says, I want to go play overseas, or I'm going to go for, you know, I'm going to, obviously he's going to try to play in the NBA. Um, If he decides to do that this year, I I hope nobody criticizes that decision because here's a guy who, first of all, has been an outstanding representative of the University of Iowa. Um, He is engaged. Actually, did he get married already? I don't even know. Engaged, married. He's going to be getting married um, here soon. I, I don't know why you could... I, I don't, again, kind of like the Jack Nungy situation, I don't think you can blame him for that. Now, again, we don't know what went on behind the scenes with C.J. Frederick. Obviously, it was not something that Fran McCaffrey expected to move C.J. to commit to another school. Um, or at least uh, decide he wants to leave. And again, the fact that Wieskamp Garza, most likely Bohannon, although we still don't know the verdict on Jordan, um, the fact that Frederick would leave, given the fact that he would have all these opportunities ahead of him. I mean, this is gonna, this next year will probably have been CJ's team. I mean, that, and we hadn't talked about that, but that really is the reality of this roster. Um, I mean, who else is going to be providing the majority of, this, of the scoring threat? I mean, you're talking Keegan Murray, C.J. Frederick, and now you lose Luca Garza, you lose C.J. Frederick, you lose Joe Wieskamp, and they lose Jordan Bohannon. And I know I talked last week about uh, my thoughts on Jordan, uh, you know, thinking about returning, uh, and I, I kind of talked about how I think there's got to be sort of a uh, internal clock with every student athlete, and that's not just me that says that. I'm talking words of former student-athletes who kind of have expressed that same thing. It seems like most student-athletes have that clock in their head that when it's time to move on, they move on. Now, Jordan may decide to come back. Um, I will say this, given the fact that Frederick is gone, I do think it would certainly help Iowa if Jordan Bohannon returned. I do. Um, I also think that you can overstay your welcome. Okay? Um had Frederick not done what he just did and entered the portal, which, by the way, you could technically return, but he's not coming back. I think we all know that. Um, given the fact that Frederick is in the portal, this is an opportunity for Bohannon, again, for a sixth year to come back and be the man from behind the arc. I mean, think about the best three-point shooters in this team. We're talking Bohannon, Frederick, Garza, and Wieskamp. And you could potentially lose all four of those guys. Okay. Another thing this does with the C.J. Frederick departure, Peyton Sanford, freshman out of Waukee, is now, I, I, I would be shocked if he's not playing next year. And that is whether Bohannon comes back or not. Uh, his ability to shoot threes, he, he reminds me a lot of Joe Wieskamp. Um, certainly has to develop physically. Um, but the way he plays, the size uh, factor, I, I think he reminds me a little bit more of, of a of a, of a uh, Wieskamp than, than he does a Frederick, where Frederick is more of a uh, you know stop and pop guy. By the way, Frederick 
I mean, he averaged 46% from behind the arc. Kentucky, if they get him, is going to get a guy who's going to help him again. I don't know if that's going to mean that he gets to the next level, but Kentucky had a really rough year, and they need transfers, and they're getting them. Whether it be Frederick or somebody else, they're getting uh, transfers right now, uh, and Coach Cal needs those guys. So, I don't know. I mean, Sanford's going to have to step up. Chris Murray's going to have to really step up. You're going to see all five freshmen from last year playing a lot of minutes. Um, Tony Perkins, uh, we've talked to Frank Henderson on the podcast before. Um, he's going to have a real opportunity. The one thing we haven't seen from, from Tony Perkins and Aaron Ulis is can they shoot threes? I mean, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge question. Because if they can... This is not as big of a blow as we think it is right now. I mean, you're not going to get a guy. And I, I guarantee you none of those guys are going to shoot 46% from three. But if Aaron Euless can shoot 35%, if Tony Perkins can shoot 35%, if Peyton Sanford can come in shoot 35%, if Chris Murray can shoot 35%, Keegan Murray, I mean, you've got guys who could potentially fill that gap and actually provide an uptick in athleticism. All right? So... Let's try to be look at the positive here. It's a blow. There's no question about that. Um, and Fran McCaffrey, there's no question. We're not even talking about the transfer portal as far as guys that could come to Iowa. Fran's got an opportunity still. There's, what, 1,200, 1,300 players in that portal still. He's got an opportunity. You've got to get somebody. Um, I think big man is still probably your biggest need. But now you definitely need a three-point shooter. I mean, you need someone who's proven. Um, unless he knows something we don't know about any of those guys I just mentioned. Um, you're going to need to go get a shooter. And as many guys as there, there are in the transfer portal, there are very few guys, I guarantee you, if you look at the portal numbers, that are shooting over 45% from three. That's just that's, that's exceptional, right? Um, so, you know, where Fran turns, I, I'm not sure. You know, we haven't heard a whole lot about Philip uh, Rabracha from... Uh, North Dakota, that was, of course, he's not a three-point shooter or a threat from three necessarily, a consistent threat from three, but he is a 6'8 guy who can probably play in a smaller lineup at the five and certainly can play at the four. Um, I think that they could potentially ride a guy like, if they don't get another uh, big man, uh, with Riley Mulvey committing to Iowa and now reclassifying, if you missed that news, Mulvey reclassifying for class of 2021. With that announcement... And Josh Ogundale, we assume he's going to progress physically. Um, I think you could get away with just Philip Rebracha, uh, Rebracha, excuse me, in the portal. Uh, even when Ogundale and Mulvey are not on the floor, you play Keegan, Chris, or Rebracha at the five, and you can get away with that against smaller lineups. We saw them do that even this year after Jack Nunji got hurt. Garza would be on the bench, but you can't do that against everybody. You're going to need an Ogundale or a Mulvey in there. Uh, and certainly Iowa would love to get another seven-footer. They missed out on Liam Robbins. Um, that was disappointing, certainly. Um, and it probably was never realistic as Robbins committed to Vanderbilt. But there, there's just going to have to be a, 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 a gap stopper here somewhere. Um, Iowa's going to have to figure out a way to uh, recruit, during the middle of a pandemic, recruit a guy who can sort of make up for the production lost. I mean, that's I, I, that sounds like I'm stating the obvious, and I know I am, um, but that's just not easy to do even with 1,300 uh, portal options. The other thing is, too, are these guys going to fit into the locker room? Are they going to acclimate to, uh, or assimilate, I guess I should say, to Iowa City? Uh, these are all questions that uh, are, 
I mean, difficult for high school recruits to figure out, and they're certainly difficult for college recruits who are uh, transferring uh, from a different school. There have been some rumblings about other guys. I'm not going to get into some detail on here about who those potential targets may be. Uh, there's a lot of them, and um, that's a good thing. But at the same time, guys are committing to schools. And so the longer this goes on without Iowa commitments, the more nervous I think Iowa fans are going to get, and rightfully so. Um, but uh, I think if you're an Iowa fan at this point, you just got to hope that that's the end of uh, – the uh, the transfers uh, as far as transferring out. Um, I had talked about kind of fearing a guy like Joe Toussaint leaving the Iowa program. Do I think that's going to happen? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I sure hope not at this point. Um, I do think uh, Joe Toussaint's relationship with Patrick McCaffrey really helps the cause for him staying here at Iowa. They are very close in friendship, and uh, that's going to help. And the minutes are going to be there. I still say if Jordan Bohannon returns, though, that may be a signal call to Joe Toussaint that he wants out. And I can't say I blame him if that happens. Now, one thing Fran may look at doing here, and this is, again, I, I understand the people who say he needs to move on, um, but the the option might be there, may be there, uh, to start Jordan Bohannon at the two. I get it. He's undersized. Um, I would have liked to have seen Fran do that more this past year. Uh, not necessarily start him, but play him more at the two. But if you play him at the two, you may be able to get away with that and keep a guy like Toussaint on the roster. Um, imagine a starting lineup of Joe Toussaint at the one, Jordan Bohannon at the two, Patrick McCaffrey at the three, Keegan Murray at the four, and then let the let the chips fall where they where they may. Whether it be Rabracha at the five, um, Ogundale at the uh, five, or potentially Riley Mulvey. I think Riley's really going to have to develop physically, and that's okay. He should be allowed that time. Um, but it, it's just going to be a continual process. And, and again, with transfer portal talk, this team is going to look totally different than anything we've seen in several years. Um, and I can't believe we're talking about the possibility of Bohannon being a part of that team again. I, I, I feel less against that idea. Not that I was vehemently against that idea last week. But again, I, I think just like a quarterback in the pocket, you feel that clock ticking down. I think most college athletes have that, and, and I think they probably should. You don't want to overstay your welcome. But at this point, with some of the losses that have occurred, it, it may be a good thing for Jordan to come back um, for everybody. And if he decides to move on, he decides to move on. He's been here for five years, and, and you know, it, it is what it is. I uh, do want to talk a little bit before we move on, and, of course, we'll keep everybody updated um, on uh, T.J. Frederick, where he ends up, uh, the decision from Joe Wieskamp, um, the decision from Jordan Bohan, and a lot of decisions that we're waiting on, the decision from Philip Rabracha and any other transfer portal news. We'll keep you up to date on that stuff through our Twitter page. If you haven't already started following us on Twitter, we're at from the Hawkeye at from the Hawkeye on Twitter, as you heard in our little promo earlier. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about spring football, where we're at uh, with spring ball. Some of the major storylines that have stood out in some of our uh, media availability, as well as the scrimmage this past Saturday, which was open for the public, which was a great, great thing. I'm glad Iowa fans were able to attend that event. Um, but really some of the storylines, I think it boils down to a couple names. First of all, Tyrone Tracy has really turned heads 
uh, at spring ball. He talked about during this month's press conference with, with Tyrone that uh, he kind of got down on himself last year. And uh, it was a process of really trying to find his his confidence again and, and not feel sorry for himself while he was dealing with you know guys being ahead of him. I mean, Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon Smith, even Nico Reganey, they had a lot of pass catchers, and that's not even counting Sam Laporta, Sean Byer at tight end, and, and the running backs who can certainly catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Uh, and Tyrone seems to have answered the call this year. Kelton Copeland raved about him this past Wednesday. We've also heard a lot about Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, a couple early enrollees who are in that wide receiver room. Keegan Johnson, I think about 6'1", so he's probably not the Brandon Smith type who's going to just wow you with physical attributes, but... It sounds like both of those guys have really come along. And then I think another name to watch would be Desmond Hudson. Uh, he's a guy who, out of Kansas City, long, 6'3", 6'4", kind of the Brandon Smith prototype, big hands. Um, if he can if he can develop and if he can emerge as that third wide receiver, not that I don't want Max Cooper or Charlie Jones to be that guy, um, I think they should. They will rotate guys in this year if all those guys stay healthy because I think Charlie Jones and Max Cooper can help them. Nobody has the physical traits and the attributes that a guy like Desmond Hudson has. Uh, and it will really help Iowa if he can develop. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about Quavon Matthews. We haven't heard a whole lot about him. Um, Kelton Copeland was asked about Quavon at this past uh, news conference and, and talked about how he kind of got behind a little bit with COVID, as everybody did. Um, but it doesn't really seem like he's gained a whole lot of traction, and hopefully he can do that as well. We want You want everybody to gain traction because, of course, that, that just uh, creates more competition and, of course, creates a better um, product on the field. So we'll continue to follow the storylines along the uh, wide receiver core. And let's not forget, too, that you've got a really young group uh, of defensive linemen. Uh, we heard from Jane Neiman this past week. We've heard from Phil Parker. Um, you know, guys like uh, Y.A. Black, um, I believe he sat out on Saturday due to an injury. A lot of guys sat out Saturday due to injury, and, and Kirk kind of alluded to the fact that none of those injuries are real concerning. But Y.A. Black, Noah Shannon, I know Noah Shannon's a junior, but he's never been a starter. Can he really take that next step and be a leader? It sounds like he is so far in practice, but can he do it uh, into fall camp and certainly into September. That'll be big. Joe Evans, an underse- undersized defensive end. One guy that's really stood out as far as, uh, again, our media availability and what's been talked about, who's been talked about the most, is John Wagner. And that's huge. If John Wagner can be an every down type defensive lineman and you pair him with, again, Joe Evans, who seems like he's probably just going to be steady Eddie, kind of a Nate Meyer type um, defensive end. Pair him with him, and then, of course, Noah Shannon, uh, Y.A. Black, and then you mix in maybe even a Logan Lee, who's uh, been kind of rendered already a, a weight room freak. Uh, there's five guys right there, and uh, you're probably going to get a couple other guys behind them. Uh, I missed that, Zach Van Valkenburg. I don't know how I could miss the probably their number one defensive lineman. So you got six guys right there, and then you're probably going to get a couple other guys who emerge as spring continues and into fall camp. That's exactly what Kelvin Bell wants. You want seven, eight guys that you can uh, rotate in, and I, I'm just never worried about defensive line. I'm not going to remain. I'm not going to be worried about the defensive line uh, until uh, you know the fears, uh, or I guess the uh, the shortcomings prove themselves to be true uh, once we hit fall camp. And I, I just, 
Um, I just don't see it with Phil Parker and Kelvin Bell. They have been tremendous. Uh, same with Kelton Copeland, really. I mean, big losses on the defensive line and at wide receiver. But with Kelvin Bell, Phil Parker, and Kelton Copeland, and Jay Neiman as part of that as well, those guys really uh, getting behind these these wide receivers and these defensive linemen, um, I, I trust those those guys. I mean, they have really made a difference since they've come on the staff. And uh, we'll just wait and see. It's going to be an interesting uh, end of the spring. We've got more player interviews and coaches interviews this week. Um, as we continue to count down the hours to the end of spring practice, and then we've got a, a decently long summer until we hit uh, we hit fall camp. But boy, it's going to be fun once we hit fall camp, and hopefully, COVID will have regressed to a point where we can have full stadiums. Um, that will be just awesome. Uh, I know cases are kind of plateauing, and um, you know deaths have been up in some areas, but the more and more vaccine that's that's rolled out. Uh, the better this thing's going to get. I encourage you to please continue to, to be safe, wear your masks, um, especially if you're associating with people who are not vaccinated. And certainly if you're in the public, always wear your mask. Uh, the sooner we can get through this, the sooner we get back. And hopefully we'll have a normal fall camp. And certainly we hope we'll have some good transfer portal news to talk about as it relates to um, the Iowa basketball team. And uh, we'll just wait and see. Um, I think Fran has proven to be a guy who can uh, identify talent that maybe other coaches don't. Um, C.J. Frederick being one of those guys. And so um, even though Fran's not a huge fan of the transfer portal, um, you've got to give him credit and and at least um, give him the benefit of the doubt that he can find somebody that, kind of like a Bakari Evelyn last year, that kind of filled in the role of uh, an Isaiah Moss, um, find somebody who can, you know, at least provide some coverage there in the backcourt. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you've got some, they've got bodies. So it's just some, certainly some guys that have not really proven themselves in certain aspects of the game. But at the same time, I mean, we've seen this team that was loaded with CJ Frederick, Jordan Bohannon, Garza, all these guys, Nunji, um, Wieskamp, we've seen these guys fail to really make a splash in the NCAA tournament. And I get the tournament's all about matchups. We've talked about that at length. It's all about draw. Um, But, I mean, they lost in the second round. So um, I'm not saying you want Frederick to be leaving. You certainly don't want Garza, Wieskamp, Bohannon uh, even to leave. But at the same time, I understand some people are ready to move on, even if it means maybe taking a step back for a year, you know, and you develop these guys and uh, in two years they're, they're competing for another sweet 16 berth or I shouldn't say another sweet 16 berth. They're competing again for a sweet 16 berth uh, potentially in, what would that be? 2023. I know people don't want to hear that. Um, we'll see. Verdict's still out. We've got a lot of time left. A lot of players still left in the portal and, uh, Look, get behind Fran. There's no reason to get on social media and trash Fran for anything. I mean, look, it is what it is. And don't even trash CJ Frederick. I th- Look, this move, it, it appears a certain way. It appears like maybe Fran was blindsided. His teammates were blindsided. That's not cool if that happened. And I don't blame fans for being upset about that. Um, I do think that um, CJ's probably never going to be a guy that people are going to necessarily want to root for at Kentucky. And again, I understand that too. Um, Isaiah Moss, I, I I know myself, Isaiah Moss, Cordell Pemsel, 
um, you know, Macy Daly, Riley Till, all these guys that have transferred and moved on. I, I always wish the best for them. Um, you know, we'll see if this is different. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll find anything more out as to, as to why this happened. If it, you know, it may just be a situation where CJ had a chance to go back home and, and play at maybe the, the biggest blue blood school in the country. And that was too big of an offer to turn down. Um, again, I, I go back to there should be such a thing as loyalty, even in the college game. I, I just, I, I really do believe that there is, there is a level um, I mean, you've got to do what's best for you, but there also is a level of morality and ethics that, to me, should be followed when you're on scholarship anywhere, whether you're being paid or not. This, this is not going back to the NIL or, or um, the NIL legislation or, or, you know, play for pay. I, that, that's not what I'm talking about, but there's got to be loyalty somewhere. Certainly doesn't seem like there has been with this situation but maybe we'll be proven otherwise. I don't know. All right, this has been week 160 of Brad's Branded Thoughts and from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We appreciate you listening. We will talk to you on week 161. And remember, follow us on uh, Twitter, from the Hawkeye on Twitter. Also, our YouTube ch- uh, YouTube page, if you're on here already watching our podcast, uh, follow us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, from the Hawkeye of the Storm. You can also Find us on our host site, storycounty.news, small town news site that, uh, again, is hosting this feature from the Hawkeye of the Storm. So it is from the Hawkeye of the Storm. So if you're on going to storycounty.news, you can type in storycounty.news slash from the Hawkeye of the Storm, and it'll take you to everything Hawkeye related on our website. You can also follow us on Facebook, like our page on Facebook and give us a follow for the latest updates. And we also post every single week we post the weekly press conferences with the Iowa football coaches and players. So you'll kind of get a two for one deal and it's all free. All our content's free. So help us out as we try to slowly step-by-step grow this operation and we're enjoying doing it. So thanks for listening. Week 160 of Brad's Branded Thoughts. We'll talk to you soon. Go Hawks.